host, Michelle Prince, founder and CEO of Performance Publishing Group, making a difference one story at a time. We'll be shining the light on successful founders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and leaders that are getting results and making a difference. We'll talk about how they built their businesses, are creating movements, and leveraging the power of authority in their own lives. Be sure to stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Power of Authority Spotlight. This is Michelle Prince, your host, and I'm here with Kim Gross, the founder of Steelcraft. And I'm going to let her in just a minute, give you a little bit more uh, background on that. But she is the founder of one of the California's most innovative culinary concepts with restoration community and craft at the core, which I love all things craft. I love what the, you know, the business is, but I want to bring you on now and find out a little bit more. So welcome, Kim. Hi, welcome. Thanks for having me. Well, I always like, I could read your full bio, but honestly, I'd rather hear from you. What is, what is it that you do? What is Steelcraft and what's the mission behind it? Yeah, what is it that I do? That's a really great, that's a really <laughs> great question. Uh, yeah, so Steelcraft really came as this idea of creating a space to elevate community, to bring neighborhoods together. Um, I live in Long Beach. I worked for Disney and Coca-Cola for years. And when I was working, I... Um, my department was in human resources. So I was all about its people, right? And looking and filling gaps. And um, as I spent time traveling and working, I'd go to these amazing cities that had really great food experiences and um, music experiences and would come back to my own city and feel like, gosh, we have the people that we're missing something, right? We're missing that, that exciting, cool factor that, that wasn't there in the cities that I had been to. Right? And they're memory makers. I could still tell you what those cities are and the, and the experience that I felt when I, you know, stepped foot onto different properties. So, I, you know, I'd be working my nine to five job, but throughout the day, just dreaming about what would it look like to create a space like that myself. So the, the whole idea was to create something within neighborhoods. So I wasn't looking to create on Maine and Maine, you know, in the, in the middle of Times Square, or, you know, where it's um, busy with, you know, commercial properties, but into local neighborhoods where people could walk, right? They could take their dog, they could take their strollers, they could go after work. Like, could we actually create a spot that valued three things? We know we valued neighborhood and community. We know we valued restoration and sustainability. And the third one is that we were all about valuing the craft, right? Like valuing that, even if it's the one good thing that you do, but highlighting it so others could enjoy and appreciate it. So I uh, live in Long Beach, which has the second largest port in the world. So it made sense to use um, a product such as a shipping container um, because it's so interwoven into the economics of our own city. So we came about to think, could we actually create that same type of space using containers within a neighborhood um, to get the outcome that we we're really hoping? So I'm the founder of Steelcraft. We opened our doors five years ago. Uh, I was letting somebody know just this morning we had our fifth year anniversary and I stepped foot. I think maybe COVID changes you, right? Uh, but I stepped foot on the property with tears in my eyes because I think, first of all, we made it. <laughs> right. <laughs> made it. Right. <laughs> um, but, but it was living out of all that we wanted it to be. Mm. Right. Like I was seeing community. I was I was seeing people sit at tables with folks they didn't know 
sharing space, listening to live music, having incredible food um, by artists that provided something special to the table in a space that cares about the environment. And um, kids running around, DJs, you know, he even had like a big spiral ball at the top. And um, those are the moments, yeah. right? You walk in after five years and you're like, this is, we've done it. Mm. We did it. So I get the opportunity to help maintain the three that we have now and then look at potential sites from a real estate perspective um, to build more. Okay. Well, and it's, that's no easy job. The restaurant business in and of itself is tough. And during COVID, right. add all that on top of it. So how did you, how did you survive or how did you thrive during that period? Oh gosh. Um, because of a good team, without a doubt. <laughs> Um, I, I let people know there's always two things that if I, um, that I would uh, encourage anybody to think about before they step down on their business. And the first one is that you have team members willing to work as hard as you do, mm. right? That, that you know that the person next to you on your left and right is working just as hard. Um, and then the second one is that you don't give up your full-time job until yeah. the new job's making money. Um, and it sometimes it means you're working 20, you know, 16, 17, 18, 19 hours a day, but that's worth it, right? For the outcome of the potential outcome. Um, but, but answering back to COVID, um, you know, it helps that one of the benefits of Stillcraft is that it's outdoors. Yes. You know, yes. we didn't go into it ever knowing COVID would be coming around yeah. or, you know, around yeah. the corner. But because our space was this urban outdoor eatery, it's wide open, right? So we would have people could walk in, families could walk in wearing their masks, sitting six feet apart from their neighbor, but they still could sit at the table, um, even if it was ordering to go, right? So that allowed that space to still have revenue coming through the doors, which allowed our vendors to continue making a profit, which was super helpful. Um, the second piece is that we were very, we're very nimble as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, in regards to making changes really quickly. And I felt like every day felt like a new change. <laughs> you know, even if it's like, do you wear masks, do you not wear masks? Are we only open to go? Or are we open for people to sit and dine, right? Um, our vendors get PPP money. I mean, all those different pieces. And I felt like we could make changes quickly um, because us as a leadership team knew our values. We knew what we wanted. We knew where we wanted to go. And we, we seemed to align on that beginning so going through COVID just I know we were lying there as well but it was crazy it was crazy man I think back to that time and the first day that COVID hit thinking we lost it all as any restaurant here would think you know you've put all this time in and you know we work with 27 vendors and we would do calls with them pretty regularly one at a time to ask to figure out the pulse of them right how are you doing how are you doing on personnel I mean, that was a big space during COVID, oh, right? Yeah. Finding good people to work was hard. Mm-hmm. So it took a lot of time um, to meet with the vendors so that they too didn't get scared. And run away. So I read your background and you don't come from a long line of uh, the restaurant industry. So you were in staffing, human resources, all that. How on earth did you decide to, to move in a totally different direction? Yeah, it's funny. It's definitely, I'm here sitting next to my dad (laughs) and my dad ran a theater and my mom is still a flight attendant after 51 years. Uh, And the food industry was not one that we, you know, I was a waitress for 10 to 11 years from the time I was 15 going through college. And I loved the food business. 
I just think it maybe it's because I love meeting new people and presenting a good product. Um, well, it kind of goes back to that team, right? I came in, I come in as this dreamer. Um, I was able, you know, when I first came up with the idea, the first thing I did was go to this small business development center. I would tell everybody to go to the SBDC. They have them, at, you know, from state to state, and they can share with you all the free money that's available. They can help you get startup loans. Um, and they just did a lot of free consulting, right? Profit and loss statements. What does that even look like in a restaurant business? So that was the first step um, that I went into. And then I was able to actually connect with a nonprofit in urban design. And he helped create renderings of what it is that we wanted it to look like. Um, and then once I had them, and what I thought was enough money, <laughs> it wasn't. Um, once I had the financials and I had the um, renderings, it was looking for land, right? And that's where I met my partner. Um, and he was a general contractor. That's what he currently does now is he builds restaurants and apartment complexes and buildings, but he knows the restaurant industry so well because he builds kitchens daily mm. for some of the best restaurants in LA. So it was really, uh, I don't know, it felt like a blessing, right? Yeah. Sometimes you risk and you just hope that every day feels like it's an answer, right? I, I was never like, I'm gonna for sure do this no matter what, but I was willing to say like today, the door is open and I'm going to walk through it. Yeah. And then the next day would come and it's like today, the door is open and I'll continue walking through it. And I was willing to stop if it felt thoughtless or felt too risky, but the door never completely closed. Um, and because of that, we just kept going. That's awesome. Yeah. I, and I do love the concept. So I live in Texas and, and I'm thinking of Austin has such great outdoor eateries and places like that, that you can just, you know, be with community and not as many up where I live, but I, I just think that concept is, uh, I love that you said that urban outdoor eatery, what a cool concept and so much what we want these days. And especially during COVID, which you didn't plan for, but it worked out. Right. You know, it's interesting because people don't know exactly what to call us. I think the best phrase or the best term they use is a food hall. And I'm like, but we're not that, mm -hmm. right? I think a food hall is all about one thing mm -hmm. and it's about feeding the hunger. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it is to feed the hunger and hopefully with some really great food, but we're not just about feeding the hunger. Yeah. Like we want to do that. That's why we didn't just open one restaurant and have one chef be able to create 12 different you know, menu items. But because one of our values is that of craft, we knew that we needed the best coffee maker we needed the best brewer. And that meant it, it had to bring together a team of people. But we also didn't want to just provide a place you came and sat, you ate and you left to then create the memory where you were going next. You know, we just last Monday um, on Valentine's Day, we did a princess tea party and 23 young girls that ranged from the age probably of four all the way up to 11 or 12, which I was surprised we had an older group there that came some with their dad, some with their mom, some with their, you know, guardian or babysitter. And they came dressed and a princess came and um, our, our waffle vendor created little waffles, our coffee vendor created little teas, um, but we created a space. And it what actually had nothing to do with the food, <laughs> right? Like it, they, they got that, it was part of the cost of admission. But what was created was this engagement Right. And if you went there this weekend, you had live music on Friday, Long Beach and Bellflower. And, that, and then Garden Grove had a DJ. 
and then there's cornhole and um, there's Friday night markets and um, there's you know Mardi Gras and Santa comes and the idea is that you stay there yeah. because yeah. what you want to make happens there. Yes. Um, yes. And I think that's why Steelcraft continues to do well is because it's not limited to just one thing, but it can embody or encompass so many different things that culture is looking for, right? In a safe environment. So I know urban eatery, it's, it's, again, it's a hard, it's been hard to, to find the right term, but that seems to be the best we can do. I think it's basically you're providing a place for people to gather and have an experience. And yeah. we're all looking for some place to go to, to feel a part of something and also get fed. That's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, why not? I feel like it's a, it's a win. It's a yeah. win that way. And, and we'll evolve, right? Like we might not always be in shipping containers. We might have other types of sporting events. Um, or sporting types of activities to be involved in. Um, but it's really based on the culture and the climate of that neighborhood. What is it that they don't have, right? How do we fill a gap? We can't, we can't change a culture, but we can be part of change. Right. We ourselves right. are too small to change at all, but we can be part of the change. Yeah. So you mentioned when so you got started, you went to the small, the small Business Development Center, which is great advice, by the way. And you learned lots of things. Now, five years later, you, you, you know a ton about running a business. Um, what would you say to someone who is maybe where you were thinking about, they're at their day job and they're thinking about wanting to start something? What's the best advice you would give them? Yeah, someone gave me a quote. Um, one of my mentors gave me the quote and she said, respect the process and the process will reward you. Um, and I think that all the time, because I think, we're in this culture of like needing to make things happen now. Mm -hmm. Like let's just happen it now. And because we like being risk takers, there's something super attractive about being a risk taker, right? And we're just going to do it. But when I heard that quote, I'm like, you're right. Like I need to look at all facets of this business. Mm -hmm. The time, you know, I have three kids. I have a six-year-old, a nine-year-old, and a 12-year-old. And every time I say yes to something, it takes my time away from them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so there's an investment of time. There's an investment of financials, it's an investment of my team members' time. So I, I feel like I'm stepping in differently now. And if, if it was me five years ago, I, I would love to compelling that. Respect the whole process. Stay curious. Mm -hmm. You know, um, that quote, yeah. And I think the second piece is to, to I know I mentioned BDC, I still use them. We use them during COVID and they would do free webinars for each of our vendors to talk about the PPP wow. and how to get the EDI money. Wow. And I had a call with him about another concept I'm starting. Um, and he talked about the free money that was potentially available in the U.S. because they're giving, I think it's like $250 million is going towards small business. And you have the, op the opportunity to get five or $10,000 for, you know, in, in, in listing in a course. Yeah. So it's like, do your homework, it, respect the process, see what money is there, how much is going to cost you in time. Um, before you jump in, because it could be a great idea, but it could also not be a great idea. Um, but when you give it time, begin to realize it's not good or it is. Yes, right? absolutely. absolutely. It doesn't just happen overnight, but find good mentors, people that can help you, businesses like the Small Business Development Center. Um, hey, and find a good team member, <laughs> one good partner that is like able to push back on your ideas is when they seem outlandish. Mm. 
So the show is called The Power of Authority and The Spotlight because we're giving a spotlight on you and your business. But specific to authority, authority to me means the ability to make a bigger impact in the world, which is, you know, and, and we're all doing it in unique and different ways. But what are you doing or what are you focusing on this year or maybe the next several years to build your personal authority a little bit more or maybe the maybe the business's authority? So what are, what are, what's on the agenda for, for you all in that way? Yeah. Um, I think from a business perspective, it's continuing to evolve, right? Not just think COVID was one thing that happened. Other things are going to come up. So how are we going to continue to stay ahead of it and to remain relevant? I think that's the thing. As somebody asked me this morning on a call, like, gosh, you were the first food hall, the used food hall in Long Beach, and now there's six of them. And it's like, yeah, but I still got to be relevant. Why do they keep coming back when there's something new, like the shiny coins coming? Yeah. So I think there's an evolution of who we are. Um, I mean, finding new locations, uh, you know, there's two that we're looking to open in the next three years. And that excites me to see other communities getting to participate in what it is that we've done. Um, yeah, I think that those are from a business perspective to become better. You know, I was telling my partner, we have the best team we've ever had this year. Best team. And in order to keep the best team, I've got to be a little bit more flexible than I've ever been, mm-hmm. you know, and I've got to be a better listener than I've ever been, you know, um, and I want to keep, right. I want to keep this team. So I think my, maybe part of my personal growth is um, that my own mentorship and engagement of my team, right. I think we've worked so fast. Um, and I think now that we're a little bit more stabilized, I think I see this from a business side getting better at developing and managing my team personally, like their own development goals, not performance goals, but development. How do they become better people? Absolutely. That's one of my passions is leadership. And truly people never leave a job. They, they leave the the leader and the leaders that, that work with them and develop them. They're more committed to staying because they're, you're making them a better person, a better human, Um, not just to perform, but to be better all around. I feel that so much, Um, you know, what we, what we experience at work transfers home. I know that. And I can remember having jobs where my, my supervisor made my life home Mm -hmm. (laughs) anxiety driven. Um, But I want somebody like Shelby and I want my coordinator, Elizabeth to become better in areas that they want to grow. Right. I want to contribute to them, even if it has nothing to do with steelcraft, but to their own personal well-being. Like we have an obligation as leaders to do that. Yes. Um, And I, I care about them and they continue to impact my business for the good all the time. It's the least I can do in helping them develop themselves. So I see that from a development perspective. And I think personally, you know, um, I share this with my parents and my husband also often, my mind is always going. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was on the couch and my husband's like, I feel like your mind's somewhere else. And I'm like, I think it is like that a lot. <laughs> I have a hard time living in the present. I'm always future. Um, and I missed out, right? I missed out. I took my daughter out, yes, on Friday to get an acai bowl for lunch. She's kindergarten. I picked her up at one o'clock. I took her and got acai. And, and we were sitting down at the table and she starts telling me about two girls in her classroom and the game they were playing. And she's never talked so much since I've known her since the time she was born. But that's 
space for her was so valuable. And I think, so I think from a personal perspective, I need to give more time to fewer things than, you know, less time to her, right? Mm-hmm. Like I need to do better at managing my time and giving time where it's the biggest priority. Priorities, absolutely. Well, this is so awesome. Is so awesome. If somebody's listening, they wanted to either come see uh, one of the locations or get a hold of you, what's the best way to do that? Oh, well, you can go to our website, stillcraftlv.com. I, but come and visit. Look at the calendar. So you can look per location on the website, and then you can see the calendar of events. But we just did an awesome Lunar New Year event with the Dragon Dancers. I mean, it was one of the other moments I walk on and there's tears in my eyes. Like, we're all are welcome. Uh, so I would say, look what events are happening. Come bring your family. There's really great food, great beer, great coffee, great dessert. We put a lot of thoughtfulness in programming. Um, you can also follow us on social media. And you can just, you know, a lot of times before people come, they want to see and trust. So you can kind of begin to trust who we are through what we post. Awesome. Um, awesome. Yeah. So well, I, best I, definitely, I definitely want to come out and check it out <laughs> when I'm in California next, for sure. Oh my gosh, please do. We, I mean, we got to open in Texas. That'd be a great location. Yes, it would. Yes, it would. Thank you. Well, Kim, thank you so, so much for being on the show. Again, for those of you listening, you want to check out Steelcraft, go to SteelcraftLB, which stands for longbeach.com and find them yep. on social media as well. But thank you again for being on the show. Really, really appreciate Absolutely. it. Yeah, thanks for your time. Yeah, thanks everybody listening. All right, that's it for today's show, everyone. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time. listening to the Power of Authority Spotlight. If you're a successful founder, entrepreneur, business owner, or leader that's getting results and making a difference, and you'd like to be on this program, please visit us at go.michelleprince.com forward slash podcast dash guest to apply. That's go.michelleprince.com forward slash podcast dash guest. Also, 